Welcome to Indie Cider, where we go beyond the game and meet the developers behind today's indie hits. This week on Indie Cider, if we can make someone take a look at headlines in newspaper and see them from different perspective and, and see there's more behind it, I believe this is great. That's Pawel Mirhowski. Senior writer for 11-Bit Studios, developers of This War of Mine, the subject of this week's episode of IndieCider. My name is Ken Gagne, and I'm your host. Most war-based video games like Call of Duty, Medal of Honor, Battlefield, and the like allow you to play as a soldier. You run and gun, shooting down the bad guys, and at the end of the day, you get all the guts and the glory, and a helicopter lifts you home. Happy ending for all involved. But not everybody who is affected by war is a soldier. The vast majority are civilians who are trying to get by in the war-torn region of their country. This War of Mine, a game for PC, Mac, and Linux recently released on Steam, allows you to experience the other side of war by playing as one of those civilians. By day, you and your comrades are huddling in a bombed-out apartment building trying to get by with whatever meager supplies you have on hand. When night falls, you go out into the city and scavenge among the ruins, hoping that you don't encounter other refugees or soldiers who are doing the same. At its core, this War of Mine is a resource management game you have limited supplies, limited food, medicine, wood with which to build your apartment building and take care of its inhabitants. You need to keep them warm and comfortable so you can build stoves, ovens, furnaces, chairs, beds. You'll want a radio so you can hear if there is a ceasefire. You'll want books to keep yourselves entertained and occupied because there is more to life than simply living. If you get enough supplies, you can upgrade the workshop in your apartment so you can build more and better equipment, including weapons with which to defend yourself. All this happens from a 2D cross-section of the apartment building where you click on one of the three inhabitants and then click on where in the apartment you want that person to go, including objects that they can interact with. When night falls, you give them specific assignments. One person can sleep in the one bed, one person can sleep on the floor or stand guard against trespassers and intruders, and no more than one person can go scavenging. Each person has a different sized backpack that allows them to bring back various supplies, and they also have different strengths. For example, the person who used to be a football player in times of peace might be a better runner, a faster runner with which to get away from the bad guys. They have a limited time in which to do their scavenging before the sun rises. If they are caught out when the sun comes up, they might not make it back home, or if they do, they might make it back late or injured, if at all. Every morning you turn on your radio, if you have built one, and hope to hear that there has been a ceasefire. You never know when the war will end, and this game does have an end game. Eventually the war will be over, and you'll be able to go on with your normal lives again. But just like in real war, you don't know when that is, and this game is random. It could be a month, it could be two months. While you are waiting for that news, you will be making very difficult decisions. Let's say somebody comes to your door and wants to trade. Do you give up some supplies in exchange for others? Or what if somebody comes to your door and simply is looking for a place to stay, some place to be safe? If you let them in, then you have more people, more people to stand guard, although you can still scavenge only with one person at a time. So you have more mouths to feed, but no more ways in which to feed them. Or let's say you go scavenging at night, and you find a young woman who is beset upon by other refugees or soldiers. Do you come to her defense, even though you have no weapons? Or do you make the difficult decision to ignore what is happening to her and just get away yourself? As one review might say, this is not a game you want to play, but it is a game you have to play, much like the movie Saving Private Ryan. You may not enjoy that movie, but it is an important movie because it conveys the reality of situations such as this. It is not all Call of Duty and Medal of Honor, and those games are fun, but it's important to represent the other side as well and provide some realism to remind people that virtual war is fine and fun, 
but that is not an accurate depiction of reality. That's one reason why, as part of the release of this War of Mine, developer 11-Bit Studios has entered into a fundraising partnership with the nonprofit War Child, an international charity that protects children from the brutal effects of war and its consequences. You can learn more about that at warchild.org.uk. The creators of this game will be at PAX East 2015 in Boston this coming March, as will I. But in the meantime, you'll get to hear from them on this episode of IndieCider. So stay tuned and feel free to send us feedback by emailing us at feedback at IndieCider.net. Follow us on Twitter at GameBits. And feel free to leave a review in iTunes. With that said, here's this week's interview. Joining me for today's episode of IndieCider is Pawel Mirhowski, the senior writer for 11-Bit Studios and This War of Mine. Hello, sir. Hello, everybody. Uh, it's great to be it's great to be on your show, and let's begin. Great. Thank you so much for your time. I've been playing this war of mine, and it's pretty much exactly what I expected. Where it's a really engaging game that shows a side of war that very few games attempt to convey. They, it demonstrates that it isn't all guts and glory and soldiers running around. There are a lot of people who are affected by war that just don't get seen in the news. And so I'm wondering, what is it that prompted 11-Bit Studios to make a game like this? Because it is dramatically different from Anomaly, your previous game. Uh, yeah, each each time we are starting a new game, we do a little of internal brainstorm to come up with uh, different ideas. And it was actually my brother, Grzegorz. Uh, he's a CEO at 11-Bit. Uh, he just came up with the idea guys, uh, let's make a game about civilians in war. So we've made, we were ignited by, by this idea and, and quickly we've made the research to find different really thrilling stories and we were 100% sure this is really thrilling concept to make a game and we started to make it and, and uh, it took actually two years to develop this game so it evolved into into what it is now so actually everything started by uh, from the idea by by my brother and what would you say is your goal with this game for example some people are calling it an empathy game are you trying to show people this other side of war or are you trying to get people to relate to other experiences or just to make a fun resource management game uh, actually, I think there are there are a few factors. First thing is that uh, war is being trivialized in in games. Uh, as far as I'm okay with with war games like uh, Battlefield, I'm not fine with the fact that it's been only this side of the war. And when you look at what's happening in the world, it's actually far far from it. It's no fun. It's actually terrible what's what's happening and what people are coming through to survive. And we wanted to show that it actually may happen to anyone. And when it happens, it doesn't matter if you're American, Jewish, Polish, Russian, uh, Czech Republic or whatever. Uh, what it happens is... It w- what what is important is that when it happens you're gonna have your humanity put to a test and you're gonna go through really wide range of really difficult emotions like remorse and and uh, of course apart from the fact that you may simply die uh, through a really gray morally area and this is what people are facing when war breaks out and uh, this war of mine is a tool to experience how civilians struggle when they want to survive. Yeah, it's a very scary 
time that we live in where war seems to affect people throughout the world and there doesn't seem to be any region that's safe. 11-Bit Studios is based in Warsaw, Poland. Is any of this game inspired by personal experiences that you or your team have had? Uh, luckily, none of us were, were in war, uh, but actually we, we are in touch. We met some people who, who survived different conflicts, uh, and they, they were supporting and helping us almost from the very beginning. Like, for example, one of the first person that got in touch with us and, and started to cooperate was John Kayser, an American guy who was a Navy corpsman in Third Marines. So he took part in Operation Phantom Fury in Fallujah in Iraq in 2004. And what he saw made him a very anti-war, anti-war person, someone who, whose personal experiences opened him, his eyes and, and drove him to be anti-war guy. So, so John was our first critic, our also first, uh, uh, a person who who simply tried the game and gave gave the feedback what what works what would should what we should fix and etc so so that was john another another guy would be emir uh, emir is a guy from france uh, but as a kid he lived in bosnia and when war break broke out in bosnia he was 9 years old so he saw everything as a kid so he has a very emotional experience luckily he survived because after a year his mother took him and his brother and they escaped from bosnia to france where where they are living now and emir also was one of our you know supporters and and someone who who was sharing experiences so we can learn a lesson and put such things in in into the game however you need to keep in mind uh, the game takes place in a fictional city so as as far as there are uh, references to Sarajevo, to Bosnia, and to, to Kosovo, there are references to many other conflicts. So uh, I heard from people who actually survived the siege of Sarajevo that some things in the game are, are not true because it, in Sarajevo it was different. And I completely agree. It's not a game about Sarajevo. We just were looking for different stories to make... Uh, uh, as close as reality to possible, and yet it is a game, so it needs to speak with the language of games, makes some mechanics, has some simplifications, some mechanics that make it engaging gameplay-wise. We luckily don't have any personal experiences, yet we know people who had. Also, we are from Warsaw, Poland. Warsaw was heavily, heavily destroyed by Second World War First. Uh, it, it suffered uh, German invasion, then it suffered Soviet invasion. So most of us actually have grandmothers and grandfathers who survived war. And Warsaw was really terribly destroyed. And after the uprising in '44, uh, people were living in, in ruins, uh, really like rats, just, just fighting for food and water to survive because there was hunger and diseases in a ruined city. So we know a lot of personal stories from our grandfathers. Uh, my grandfather actually died before I was born, but uh, I know he survived the, the war in Warsaw. Uh, the other Pavel who's sitting next to me in the office, his grandfather survived a siege of Leningrad. That was actually the most horrible siege ever, including acts of cannibalism. So. So we know a lot of stories, yet in the game we have 
a border we don't want to cross. So there are no acts of cannibalism or or explicit atrocities because the message is not to show you how brutal it is, but to but to give you the tool to experience everything from your eyes. So you take the decision and carry the emotional toll behind your decision and, and face the consequences of your decision. That's heavy enough to show you the grim side of the war. You don't need atrocities to, to tell the story, right? Right. I know as you were developing the game, your team debated how dark you wanted it to be and what aspects of war you wanted to include, such as children or sexual assault. How did you decide how far to go and what to include and what not to include? It was a question uh, that naturally popped up and the same natural way popped up an answer. You don't need to show the brutality of war to make it really thrilling experience for a player because it's all about the emotional aspect you, you kind of take on yourself uh, because it's you deciding if you want to give medication to people in need or save them for yourself. You don't need atrocities for that. So uh, in the end, you know, it's not a game about atrocities. It's a, ga it's a game about how regular people suffer. So in the end, we have children in the game, but they are not playable characters. They may come to your shelter and ask for help. If you, if you help or not, this is your decision. And same situation with hurting, with hurting other people. There is a situation in the game, in the supermarket, where you see a soldier trying to hurt a woman, a woman. And how you react is also a part of, of the story. And I guess this is the border we approached and yet not crossed literally. I did encounter that scenario in the supermarket. Up until that point, the game seemed more focused on resource management, and then it threw that at me, and it was unexpected, and it left me a little rattled because that was a decision that I hope I never have to make in real life, and I don't think I made the right decision in the video game, and even that left me wondering what I could have done or what I should have done. Yeah, because... Uh, yeah, I absolutely understand you. It's, it's because... Uh, we opened the world up to the player and make all the decisions up to him. I, I think that completely wouldn't work if we would sell a moral thesis or, or throw a, a moral story, uh, pardon my French, right into your face because we had to leave everything open up to your decision because this is the only way you may feel good or bad about what you do and about the consequences of, of what you do. And uh, this is something that naturally came along with designing the game that the, the physical challenge is obvious but surprisingly or not surprisingly the emotional challenge is the heaviest one so for example there was a story that got stuck in my mind on amnestyinternational.org one of the it was one of the stories that we read at the beginning that inspired us to do uh, to do to make the game there was a story about a girl who was, uh, it was interview with her, actually. She was delivered to hospital in Sarajevo on the very first day of the siege. She, she was wounded. Uh, the hospital ran out of necessities like bandages and disinfection uh, medications on the very first day. And the same day, older lady was delivered as well, and she was lying next to the young one. And there was a doctor 
standing above them and deciding which should be given the last part of the medication. And he decided to give it to the younger one because she has had whole life ahead of her and she actually survived the siege. But the very, say, the very same night, the older lady died. So in my eyes, that the doctor was kind of a dark hero. He saved someone, but he sacrificed someone else because he had no choice. So whatever he would do, there would be a victim, and but he had to do it. So this reality often touches people in in war, and th those were those. That was one of the stories that that pushed us to to make the game. I have a question about how that plays a role in the mechanics of the game. Sometimes somebody will come to my door and ask if they can seek refuge in my home. And if I say yes, then I'll have more people in the house. But every night I can still send only one person out to gather resources. So I'm still getting as many yeah. resources each night, but I have more mouths to feed. How come I can't send two people out at night? Oh yeah, this is pretty simple. This is a choice we had to make at some point because... You need to understand the balance of the game is extremely difficult. There are thousands of thousands of factors that decide if the game is easy or, or difficult. Uh, so choosing one uh, uh, man per, for scavenge uh, make make uh, made things a bit easier. I understand we could make two, but that would probably require, I don't know, six more months of, of work. And we were doing it for two years and it was finally a time to release it. Uh, I hope we can expand the game in the future and actually make more scavengers uh, available for you to, to pick uh, for the night mission. But it's just simply a question of that we decided let's make one that would make the balancing easier and, and that's it. Yet I remember that when people had to do such things in war, they usually were living as one or in a group of three, two or three people, not more than that because more was too risky. So it has some reflection in reality. Uh, yet we had to limit that to, to one person uh, to be the scavenger. You said that you hope to expand the game in the future. What other sort of expansions do you see coming, such as new venues to explore at night or new items that you might be able to craft? This is something what we are discussing at the team uh, right now, so uh, I don't want to uh, unveil any details uh, yet. I don't want to, to, to make major spoilers. <laughs> or simply uh, the, tell now because I'm not sure what would be the first thing. Uh, it's it's a lot of work. We surely want to do that, uh, yet I don't know what would be the first steps. We're thinking about it right now. We want to expand this world of the, the in-game world generally. So ideally would be to make a lot of more locations, a lot, lot more characters, a lot, lot more events and, and more buildings you can start the game in. I have a question about the art style, which is gorgeous. It reminds me of a cross between a graphic novel and the Xbox 360 game Deadlight. And in one of the 11-bit commentary or interview videos, it was mentioned that the game was also inspired by the look of music videos of the 1980s. How did you decide what was just the right look for this game? How did you decide to convey this dark experience? Well, I can only guess or... or or uh, say what I know from Przemek, who is the art director, and it was completely his choice and his vision. 
Uh, I remember he was inspired by the video by AHA where everything is hand-drawn and also tr uh, transitions to reality. So you may, you may make a hand-drawn sort of charcoal style and yet keep the uh, real effect. So, so I know, I know he was particular, particularly inspired by this. And also the tonality, the green col uh, palette of colors, it matches the tonality of the game itself. So it had to be done uh, that way. And yet this reminds also a little bit of older photography, which somehow lives in our imagination as a, as a picture of reality yet being uh, a bit distant. Uh, so, so that, that was his, his choice, but uh, another question. You mentioned this game is not meant to represent a specific city or a specific war. Uh, is it supposed to invoke any certain era? Since we mentioned music videos of the 80s, I wonder, is this a war that could happen 30 years ago or is this today? Well, I think uh, this is more or less just a modern time. Probably you can imagine uh, that could be 10, 20 or 30 years ago. Uh, I think uh, nowadays... It's the same like it's been 30 years ago, except the fact that you have maybe mobile phones and, and, uh, relations in, from war in the internet. The, the suffering of civilians is completely the same. So it also matters that it's a fictional city with a fictional conflict in the background for, for few reasons. We've made our research and, and the pattern is often the same. But we didn't want it to put a concrete city or specific city because uh, we want to stay away from any political connotations. It's not about uh, blue fighting the red or red fighting the white. It's about people and it doesn't matter what nationality are they or what is the religion. It's, it's about humans. So we definitely wanted to, to stay away from any uh, real poli political connotations. Sometimes imagination tell, tell people too much, especially in the internet. <laughs> I can imagine. Now, I, I've been looking forward to this War of Mind because I think it's the kind of game that we need to be making and the kind of game that showcases what this medium is capable of for storytelling and narrative. And I'm hoping that other people see it that way. But have you ever been concerned about this game being perceived as exploitative of you making a game out of other people's suffering? Actually, no, it's quite opposite. We are showing the suffering. We are raising empathy. In this world of mine, you can experience what is the real suffering and you can empathize. You can feel remorse. You can feel sadness. It's actually this war of mine that shows reality. And I would rather say all the wars trivializing, all the games trivializing war are making money on, on suffering because they raise adrenaline in you. And you, after playing so many games, not all, not all the people, of course, but some lose the connection between reality and war. And they always try they always say war is fun because they see war is fun in games. This is bullshit. War is terrible. So it's actually quite opposite. And besides, we are raising money for War Child. 
via via the game. So we're helping somehow trying to to help kids in terrible situation. That's I think quite opposite to the companies uh, making games and paying money to to weapon manufacturers so they can use real models of weapons. So keep that in mind, please. Oh, absolutely. Thank you. So what is it that you would say that you hope people walk away from this game with? You know, they, they've played the game for a few hours, they've closed the laptop, and they're thinking about the experience. How do you want this experience to change them? Well, this is very personal approach and subjective. People have really different approach, but definitely, like I said, if this is a tool to experience suffering of civilians, I see gamers easily empathizing with people, and that raises, I think, uh, good emotions in them because people realize how bad it is in the world. So in the end, if we can make someone take a look at headlines in newspaper and see them from different perspective and, and see there's more behind it, I believe this is great. That is a very admirable goal, and I hope that the game is successful in achieving that. Uh, I, I really thank you for your time in discussing this game. There's, it's, there's so much to it. Is there anything else you want to bring up before we wrap up? Uh, yeah, sure. I think it's like I mentioned. It's uh, it's a serious game. But if you start, uh, if you if you look at games as a, a evolving form of pop culture, uh, you'll see that uh, it's like with movies. It took 20 years for movies to evolve from totally plain entertainment into a form capable of of telling love and hate stories, uh, more serious stories or stories about war as well, showing the victims of war. For example, Platoon or uh, or The Pianist or Saving Private Ryan, the, the drama stories that cover suffering really well. And uh, all those, of course, Saving Private Ryan is, is about uh, soldiers, not civilians. But I think you get my point. And now games are going through this maturization. And while this war of mine is, uh, is a game that raises emotions in a, I believe, I'm not a judge, but I believe in a, in a good way, uh, there are say, certain other games. And we've been heavily inspired by Papers, Please!, which is a brilliant masterpiece and it works really well on this level as well. You have engaging gameplay and behind it, you have the protagonist who needs to take care of his family. And, and if you do something wrong, the family is going to suffer. So that was a game that worked brilliantly on this empathy level. And uh, kudos to, to Lucas Pope for, for creating this. Yeah, it's been such a fascinating time to be a gamer with so many games that are dealing with real-life issues like Papers, Please and This War of Mine, and also just survival games like Don't Starve, Rust, and Gods Will Be Watching. It's an opportunity for us to make some really difficult decisions and experience those consequences in games, which is sort of a safe space to be making those decisions and having those experiences, and hopefully make us better people when we log off the game. Yeah, if you if you look at, at games as an entirety, it's like you certainly may, may demand more than just plain entertainment because games are with with us for 30 years, like in, in most of the cases, and uh, they've been evolving with us. We, seem, we see games as a natural way of storytelling, 
and I think it's totally fine to demand more and more from games. And actually, I expect more and more games really dealing well via via excellent gameplay with the serious topics. Let it be tolerance or acceptation of of different uh, people in the world or war. You know, like we are doing, uh, because games are interactive and, and can tell stories in a deeper way than movies or books. And it's not like I'm blaming actually movies or books because obviously there are masterpieces in both of those forms. I just mean that, uh, you can actually demand a lot of, a lot from games because nowadays the storytelling in games evolved into a level where they are capable of actually really covering really many different topics, including serious ones. And at the same time, there's still the opportunity for the games that we have been playing to coexist with this evolving medium. There are times when you do want to play a game and just be entertained and not think quite so hard about it, but that doesn't mean that games should be limited to just that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, escapism is what I love in games because, for example, Football Manager is a, is a game I totally like. Uh, while it's wh- whatever is happening in, in Football Manager, it doesn't completely have relation to, to reality and same situation with, uh, for example, Battlefield, which is a pretty cool action game. Uh, it's just a question we may, we may uh, ask not only for entertainment, but more than that. But that doesn't mean that uh, we should ban comedy movies because drama movies are the only okay. Uh, of course, it's like I prefer comedy movies, but there is something in the human nature that from time to time you demand from yourself something that, I don't know, the, the thing that pushes you to go to the to the cinema and watch The Pianist. Uh, uh, it's it's the the human nature that, there's something that wants us to, to empathize with others, and I, I believe it will be the case in the future with games. I got the impression that I myself may be blaming the, the pure fantasy games, and not at all. It's, it's not the point, uh, because like I said, I really like playing, playing uh, Battlefield, and it's, a, and it's an amazing game. It's just like, let's not limit to this, let's, let's let's look wider than that so let's make my point was in the future let's make great battlefield games and let's make great this war of mine games well i really appreciate 11 bit asking themselves what more can they do with gaming and pushing themselves to tell these stories so thank you so much for this war of mine it's a wonderful game yeah thank you very much ken this has been indie cider a game bits production Find more episodes, read our blog, or send feedback at IndieCider.net.